Today we are starting a new series um, called Train Up Together. And uh, before we go any further, I'm going to pray. I'm then going to read uh, the Bible. And then we're going to spend a few moments thinking about what God might be saying to us uh, today. So if you've got your Bibles and would like to turn with me to John chapter 10, you'd be very welcome. Alternatively, the words will pop up on the screen um, so you can follow along as we make our through. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be reading from verse 10 uh, to verse 14 of John chapter 10, the words of Jesus, who says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way in which it speaks to us, for the way in which it reveals who you are, and the way it helps us to live and make the best of our lives as we live and as we worship you. And so, Lord, as we gather together around your word this morning, we pray that you would speak uh, to our hearts, that you would speak to your, our minds, that your spirit would be moving and that you would be in the heart of all that happens as we look at your word together now, we pray. Amen. Before the summer, if those of you who were around then and can remember that far back, there was a time before the summer holidays kicked in, uh, we were looking at a series that we called Grow Up Together. Uh, and we were recognizing as we went through this series that Jesus didn't come and die and rise again to leave us the, uh, just as we were, but he came to transform us, to help us to grow up in our faith, that we might grow into his likeness as the Spirit comes within us and, and develops us to be the people that Jesus called us and created us to be. But in order to grow up, we need to train up. And this is where we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. Now, you might be shocked to, uh, to, to hear me confess this, uh, but I am not one of the strongest blokes around. Um, I know it's shocking. I know you think I'm a fine physical specimen, but I am not one of the strongest people around. And over the last month, few months, I've had a number of health issues, uh, which has meant that I've not been able to exercise as much as I would like to, which has only implemented to my extreme physical fitness. Um, but I do still try and exercise from time to time, um, even though I haven't been 100% well. And the reason that I keep pushing myself, even in the times when I've not been feeling 100% to keep exercising, is that I know if I want to get stronger, if I want to get fitter, if I want to be healthy, then I need to be healthy. I need to train. I need to exercise. And as I do so, it will be only as I train that I get fitter, stronger, and healthier and will grow in my fitness. It's often said there's an old age of 
think that's a phrase, uh, that says that faith is a muscle. Um, And if you want your muscles to grow, you need to develop them. You need to train them. So if we want to grow in our faith that is like a muscle, then we too need to train our faith. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a range of habits or disciplines that will help us to train up and to grow in our faith, faith, to make us stronger as we live our lives for Jesus. But before we look at these habits, if we're going to train and expand our faith and grow in our faith, we first of all need to get our motivation right. I won't do a struggle, um, but I'm sure we can all kind of people who would sign up to the gym, go once or twice, and then never attend the place again. If we don't have motivation to keep going, we will ultimately fall flat. A while back, I was speaking at a minister's conference about well-being in ministry. Um, and as I was speaking, another minister sat at the back and uh, put his hand up and joked, it all sounds very good, Matt, but it sounds a lot like hard work when instead I could just sit at home and eat and, and have some pie and chips instead for dinner. Um, and it was a silly comment. It was meant provocatively. But the point is true, isn't it? If we want to do any kind of training, whether it's academic at Cambridge University or whether it's physical in, the university, or in, in going to the gym or whether it's spiritual here at church, it requires a cost. It comes with a cost. It calls us out of our comfort zone. It might mean that we opt out of things that we would otherwise choose to do because we're pushing towards something else instead. If we're to train and to develop our faith, there will be a cost that goes to it. But if we're to bear that cost, the key to surviving and to persevering is having the right motivation to know why it is that we are making these sacrifices. And if we know why it is, it is then that we will persevere when the going gets tough and see uh, it through to completion. Uh, So today I want to address this question, not only how can I train my faith, but also how can I keep motivated as I do so? And today we're going to do some of the groundwork that's going to set us up for the next few weeks as we get into the nitty-gritty of the different disciplines that Jesus teaches us about how we can follow him. But this morning I want to speak to our hearts and encourage us that training our faith is essential not only just to following Jesus, but it's essential to making the most of the life that God has given to each one of us. And so the title of my, of my message for us all this morning is Live Your Best Life. Who wants to live their best life? If you've been coming to Arbor Road Baptist Church for a little while, you've probably picked up that John 10.10 is one of my favorite and foundational Bible verses. Jesus came that we might have life and have it in all its fullness. This verse was influential in me coming to faith. It's been influential in how I've sought to live out my faith ever since. 
This verse is my vision for the church. Uh, this Sunday on a, in church calendars across the country is often called Vision Sunday, where they talk about the vision of the church for the next year. Uh, we're not doing that in per se, but this is my vision for the church, that the church might know the fullness of life that there is in Jesus, that people would know the fullness of life that Jesus gives to us all. We've sung about it this morning. Just imagine if the church... And if people and if North Cambridge and the world could see the life in all its fullness that Jesus offers to us all, just imagine the transformation that would make. Just instead, uh, instead of being a place where people would just come to church and exist or where we'd struggle with one thing or another, even in the midst of all of the struggles and the changing shadows which so beautifully led us in prayer for today, we would still know the fullness of life, the joy of Jesus filling our hearts, filling our lives. That's what church is about. That's what Jesus is about. It's the invitation he made to me. It's the invitation he makes to us all to come and know the life that Jesus offers in all its fullness. Of course, if church is a place where life can be known in all its fullness, that's also what our own individual lives should be like as we follow Jesus too. Jesus doesn't want us just to survive for 80 or 90 or 100 or 120 years, depending on how good science gets, and then get to heaven for the really good bit. That's not when Jesus wants life to start, when we die. Jesus came that we might have life and in all its fullness. And that starts today. That started yesterday. It starts tomorrow. He wants us to live our best life. He wants us to thrive as we live our lives with him and for him. Now, Jesus never promised us an easy life. We can often hear uh, that Jesus gives us life in all its fullness. And we think, oh, right, okay, I'm going to spend the rest of my life on a sand lounge with a drink in my hand, swimming pool, beautiful view, no problems at all. Jesus doesn't promise us that. Jesus doesn't promise us an easy life. He doesn't promise us a wealthy life. But he does promise us to reveal within our lives the fullness of life as he created it to, li to, be, to be lived by each one of us. Now, I'm sure if I asked each one of us here, we'd say, yeah. I want to live life in all its fullness. That sounds great, Matt. Sign me up. But the question is, how can we live this kind of life? Just this morning, I was speaking to some people before the service, and we were saying, do you know what? It seems like there's angst everywhere at the moment. All around us, I'm sure all of us can identify situations where there's uncertainty, anxiety. How can we live this best life even in the midst of all this uncertainty and anxiety? Well, the answer is simple. To live our best life, we need to get closer to Jesus. To live in his will, to live in his footsteps. And by doing that training and training ourselves to be in his presence, we will encounter the life that Jesus offers to us all. It's simple, but to live it requires hard work. We need to train it within us.
Jesus spent three years with his disciples, wandering around from all signs of place. He had his 12 or disciples that followed him everywhere. And Jesus spent all his time with his disciples, training them. He was teaching them, equipping them, challenging them to be the people that he wanted them to be, to be his representatives to the world around them. Jesus wanted his disciples to imitate him, to represent him to the world And if that was what was true 2,000 years ago, the same is true for us today as well. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at a number of different habits and disciplines that help us to know more of who Jesus is. These habits and disciplines will help us all to live our best life. But all of these habits are also modeled by Jesus. He taught them to his disciples, and so if we are to follow Jesus, if we are to be his disciples, then today we too need to learn and embrace and train these habits within our lives. Jesus warns us in verse 10 that the thief comes not only to steal and kill and destroy but instead that Jesus has come that we might have life and life in all its fullness. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Just take a moment to to think that through. Jesus wants us to have our best life, to live our best life. The way that we live that best life is by following him. And this is how much Jesus wants us to live that best life, is that he's the good shepherd. He's shown us how much he loves us, how much he wants us to have and experience that life in all its fullness that it offers to us all, that he was willing to die to lay down his own life, that we, that I, that you might have life. This is the good news of Jesus. If you want to live your best life, we need to train up. We need to stick close to Jesus. He He will lay down his life for you, that you might have life. The technical word for what we're talking about um, over these next few weeks is spirituality. And developing, and, and this basically means developing our spiritual life alongside our physical and mental uh, lives. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, in, in, uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, he said this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul one of the founding fathers of the church, cared about the whole spirit, soul, and body. Most of us would recognize the need to be able to look after our bodies. If we feel unwell, we'll go and speak to a doctor. Some of us might try and heat or, or eat healthily. Uh, some of us try and exercise. One of our children Members saw me on a run this week trying not to die, and I ran straight past them because I was too in the zone. But some of us, I know, like to exercise from time to time. 
We also recognize as a church, because we're involved in it, the value of supporting one another and supporting people in our mental health. But just maintaining our mental and our physical health alone will never sustain us. It won't enable us to live life in all its fullness. Even the NHS recognize the need for what they call holistic health care that body, mind, and soul all need to be looked after in order to live a good and healthy life. Yet how easy it can be to look after our physical needs, to look after our mental needs, and yet to neglect the soul within each one of us. The word spirituality has its roots in the Hebrew word ruach. And uh, this word ruach is seen throughout the Bible, seen right in Genesis 1, uh, creating the world into existence. Um, And the word is usually translated as spirit. Uh, But ruach can also be translated to mean breath. And what is life without breath? What is life without the spirit of God within us. In other words, our spirituality, the essence of our soul, is the breath of life within us. Our spirituality forms us and shapes us. It nurtures us and sustains us. It empowers us and it equips us. It enables us to live our best life. If we fail to train these spiritual disciplines, then we are missing out on the breath of life. And without the breath of life that Jesus offers to us all, all we end up in is slowly suffocating instead. But if we instead breathe, if we practice these holy habits that Jesus wants to instill within us, then they will breathe new life into our lives. Take a moment just to pause. Notice your breathing. In and breathe out. I can hear you. Quite weird, ain't that? Breathe in and breathe out. Breathing needs to be a regular pattern. We inhale and we exhale. And the same is true of our spirituality. We need to inhale Jesus as we breathe out all that life throws at us. We need to inhale Jesus as we breathe out all that life throws at us. One of the things I find hardest when I exercise is breathing properly. Apparently, I'm under the habit when I do more strength, muscly stuff, which obviously I don't do very often. Um, But when do, I have a habit of under the strain, holding my breath and not breathing as I exercise. And as I do so, it doesn't do me any good. I just feel rubbish at the end of it. But when I breathe, I do the exact same exercises. Those things that made me feel rubbish actually strengthened me, developed me, and helped me to develop and to grow and to be healthier and fitter and live my best life. As we follow Jesus, we too need to breathe. Life gets at its hardest 
We shouldn't stop breathing, but we need to breathe all the more because it's the breathing that sustains us to live our best life. Over these next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some breathing techniques. Don't worry, we won't be doing breathe in, breathe out every week. Um, But effectively, these holy habits that we're going to be looking at over the next week are resources that we can use to help us to breathe in Jesus, to fix our eyes on him. In a couple of weeks, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about fasting. The church never talks about fasting because it's uncomfortable. No one wants to go without food. Look at me. Um, I I like my pie and chips just like the minister earlier, but we're going to talk about fasting. Why? Because it helps us to breathe Jesus in, that we might sustain the fullness of life that he longs for us all to have. This morning, if you are feeling out of breath, if you're feeling overwhelmed and like life is a struggle for you, if you're caught up in that world of angst that I was talking about earlier, please can I encourage you to make some time to come and join us over the next few weeks. It's going to be a blessing for you as you take the space to breathe Jesus in. If you can't be here on a Sunday, join with us afterwards, but I encourage you to come if you can to breathe Jesus in with us over these next few weeks. But even this week, can I encourage you to open yourself to Jesus, to welcome the life that he longs to give to us all into our lives. You can live your best life, but will you breathe Jesus in? How might you breathe Jesus in this week? Could you start to practice some of the disciplines that we're going to look over over the next few weeks Uh, Don't try fasting yet. I'll build you up a bit more to that. But could you try reading your Bible? Could you try spending some time in prayer? Could you create some space for Jesus? This week, could you just take five minutes each day just to do that? I'm going to breathe in and I'm going to breathe out. I'm going to breathe in and as I breathe out. And as you sit in your chair doing that, you just think, do you know what, Jesus? I'm not just breathing. I'm breathing you in to my life. That's the purpose of these holy habits that we're going to be talking about, that they are designed that we might breathe in more of Jesus. They're designed that we would allow his spirit to breathe new life into us, that as we breathe in, we might go out and live our best life for him. One of the leading authors and thinkers on this theme of spirituality at the moment guy called John Mark Homer. And in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he explores this topic of how we can breathe as we follow Jesus. Some people find the language of spiritual discipline helpful. The idea of discipline is good, it's rigid, focused, it's determined. I like a little bit of discipline in my life. However, other people can hear that word discipline and think of a teacher with the cane sort of wielding pain and judgment on them. And the idea of discipline completely is, uh, is, different, is completely negative to them. Let me be clear right from the very start that when we start about holy habits, spiritual discipline, whatever language you would like to use, this is not sort of like the autocratic mental discipline um, that Jesus wants to, us to be focused on here. This is about developing good habits, habits that help us to grow closer to Jesus and to follow his way 
uh, in our own lives. John Mark Homer puts it this way, that training up and developing these holy habits within our lives enables us to do this. It enables us to open our minds and bodies to a power far beyond our own and affect change. If you go into any bookshop, one of the biggest sections there is the self-help guide. How can I make the most of my life? Developing our holy habits doesn't just help us to reach our own potential, but instead it empowers us to do far more than we could ever dream or imagine. It enables us to fan the flame of the Spirit within our lives. These holy habits are a gateway for the Holy Spirit to break into our lives and breathe his life and his power into our lives. If you want to live your best life, then you need some holy habits in your life. You need to be able to breathe Jesus in, to create space for his spirit to come and work within us. It's also worth recognizing that these habits are not commandments that Jesus gave to his disciples. Very rarely say to his disciples, you must do this. Instead, Jesus spent a vast amount of his time criticizing the leaders of the day for doing exactly that, for setting um, unnecessary burdens on people that you must do this. Instead, Jesus invited his disciples to follow him, to follow his example, and to experience that he want, or, and to experience what and to experience the life, sorry, that he wanted them to live. And the same is true for each one of us today. Jesus commands, he invites us in. Over the next few weeks, as we look at these habits together, they're not designed to be burdens that we must do. Instead, they are to be life-giving opportunities that we are invited into. There is no pressure you will not be forced or disgraced or judged if you choose not to do a particular habit for whatever reason. These habits are taught by Jesus to help us to breathe in, to help us to live our best life. So I hope that over these next few weeks, as we talk about how we can train up our faith together, you'll be encouraged and excited to join me in following Jesus in hearing that invitation, that you'll want to breathe in the life that Jesus offers to us all, that we might truly live our best life. Jesus wants us to live our lives and live them to the full. He wants, us to, uh, he wants to enable us to do so, and he's already done it by laying down his life that we might live. To live our best life, we need to train up. We need to develop holy habits that enable us to breathe Jesus in, to let his spirit work within us, that will enable us to connect with God and experience the life that he has given to us all. Then, not only will we reach our full potential, but the Holy Spirit will come into our lives and reveal the life-giving power in new and wonderful ways that he alone can do. So do you want to live your best life? If so, will you breathe in? Will you train up? 
Will you step into the life that Jesus invites us all to experience? Let's pray together. Father God, we praise you that you are the God who not only gives life, but you are the God who longs for us to experience life in all its fullness. We praise you that you want us to live that best life so much that you were willing to lay down your life, Jesus, that we might have life. Lord, we pray for those today in our church, community, in our world, in those shifting shadows, those who are caught up in the angst and feel burdened and strained far from living their best life at this moment. And Jesus, we pray that you would break in to those situations. Would you help us to breathe you in, that your life might be breathed into us? Lord, whether it's for the first time, or whether we've been a Christian and a follower of you for donkey's years, and we just want to come back to you and recommit to you. Jesus, this morning we say again, we want to follow you. We want to live our best life. Would you help us all to follow you and to know the life that you offer to us all, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.